I thought it was so beautiful and synchronistic that we're the fifth episode because the fifth chakra is your throat chakra and associated with sound and your voice and the element of space. Welcome friends. We are your hosts, Sandy and Wade, baby best friends turned husband and wife and business partners. This podcast is for the dreamers, the movers and shakers, and those who seek to attract their dream life. Strap in, getting magnetic in three, two, one. Like attracts like. If you see it in your mind, you can hold it in your hand. You just decide what it's going to be, who you're going to be, how you're going to do it. And then from that point, the universe is going to get out your way. This moment in time, this is your time to rise. Okay, so this series, this episode specifically, and our birth series is about starting a family. And when you think about being parents, you think about taking care of your children, right? And obviously that's with time and attention, but it's also financially. And one of the best things that we've found to build a legacy and really create a financial barricade around your family is this financial vehicle and instrument called infinite banking. And we did a podcast episode specifically on that, but it's basically setting up your own bank for your own family. It is pretty much a guaranteed 5 to 6% dividend, but it is, and it's also life insurance, whole life insurance, but it allows you access to it. I can't get into all the details, but we're going to drop a link in the show notes for a webinar on what infinite banking is and the podcast episode we did on it. And if you're interested, connect with us and we can connect you to our infinite banker. So today's episode is brought to you by Barry Brooksby and infinite banking, how to protect your family financially. Now let's get to the episode. Are you guys enjoying my postpartum series or what? Today marks the fifth one on the seven part series of things that helped me in my postpartum journey. It took me nine months to share this stuff. It's been quite a process, just, you know, the whole journey of becoming a mom and stepping into this new identity. I'm very excited for today's interview. Oh, I love this woman so much. Okay. Let me tell you a little bit about Brooke. Who is Brooke? So Brooke Wolf is a singer, songwriter, recording artist, and holistic voice coach who integrates the spirit, science, and psychology of sound to activate your voice. Brooke has the privilege of holding space for powerful medicine women and artists from all around the world who carry voice work into their teachings today. Brooke also offers therapeutic music workshops and mental health and addiction treatment facilities and has music available on all streaming platforms. Guys, after this episode, go to Spotify, look up Brooke Wolf, B-R-O-O-K-E-W-O-L-F-E, and download her music. She's freaking amazing. Okay. So Brooke's deepest intention is for music to open the heart of humanity so that we all remember who we really are, who we were designed to become awake to our full creative potential as conscious beings. Oh my gosh. I love this woman so much. I feel truly connected to her on a soul level, and I'm really looking forward to you guys enjoying this episode. So let's get to it. All right. Getting magnetic fam. You have another episode today with just Sandy and a very, very special guest, a dear, dear friend of mine, a soul sister, someone I feel like I've literally known my entire life. I kind of wonder if we were like twins in the womb in a former life or something because there's like so many like similarities and so much like overlap and so much like, like how do we know? Like I feel like I've known you my whole life and I've really only known her for gosh, like 
less than a year now, but I would love to welcome my dear friend, Brooke, to the show. Hi, Brooke. Hi, Sandy. Thank you so much for having me, my soul sister. (laughs) So happy you're here. So I would love to start by sharing with everybody how we kind of got to meet each other. And then we're going to share the story of, well, then I'd love for you to share your story of just who you are, how you got to be where you're at. And then we're going to share about how we work together and how it's been so healing. And for anyone that's just listening, maybe this is your first Getting Magnetic episode, you are tuning into episode five of a seven-part series of my postpartum journey. And I specifically asked Brooke to be on here with me because she played a really huge role and is still playing a huge role in my life and in my healing, especially postpartum. So I'm excited for that. But I guess we should start by sharing how we got to know each other. And it's funny because when I actually met you in person the first time, I was six weeks postpartum and you were 30 weeks pregnant, I think, right? Yeah, that's it. About that. Yeah. And I remember you telling me like, oh, I'm using Melanie as my midwife. And for anyone listening, I just interviewed Melanie, I think it was two weeks ago. She was the Um, episode two of the seven part series. She was my midwife and she was also Brooke's midwife. And I was like, I remember asking you, I'm like, Brooke, how did you find her? And you were like, actually, (laughs) you sent her to me on Instagram. And I'm like, what? Because you and I weren't even friends on Instagram. But do you remember how that happened? Like, how did that even happen? I can't place who, but somebody sent me your profile and shared that your midwife was Melanie when I posted looking for a midwife and just wanting to connect with other soon-to-be moms that were also considering a home birth. And I just wanted inspiration. And I just like wanted to invite other moms into my life and see and observe what they're doing and how they're receiving support. And so immediately the moment I saw you I just clicked, like I just felt really connected to you and I reached out to you. And what I thought was so special was you sent me a voice memo. Like you didn't even just send me her profile. You didn't quickly just like type it out. Like you sent me this like two minute voice memo on Instagram, just telling me your experience and about Melanie and about your pregnancy. And I think you even mentioned something about like the hypnobirthing um, class you took and that was so special to me that you really so that took the time to connect. We didn't even know each other. And like, we're like the soul <laughs> sisters helping each other out. Like, yo, you're Melanie, you're mom. Like you need Melanie. And, like, and then postpartum, I mentioned this on a previous episode, but like I was about maybe five weeks or so postpartum and I'm like crying one day in the shower and Wade's like, babe, what's wrong? Like, what can I do to help you? And I'm like, I think I need to start singing again. And like, for like, when I think about like, so many things I've done in my life to heal. Like singing has always been something that I come back to and I can reflect on, you know, being a seven, eight, nine-year-old girl. Like I literally had this yellow Walkman. You guys know what I'm talking about. They like (laughs) put a CD in and I had like the headphones and whenever there was trauma or chaos or my mom was drunk or crazy stuff going on at home. I literally would like sit in the closet or go in the bathroom and lock the door and put my Walkman on. And I would just become obsessed with learning the lyrics of every song and humming to it and like becoming obsessive with the harmonies and the different sounds. And like, that was like something that I did to drown out what was happening. And so singing was like a big part of my childhood. And then at some point, I think maybe in middle school, I kind of 
buried that and then never really told anyone. It was like a secret. Like, unless you were my friend at the time when I sang, like, if you came, became a friend later in life, like you would never, never, ever know because I was very protective of it. And then in my early twenties, when my parents got divorced, I found myself like doing singing lessons again, just to like express myself and let it out. And then fast forward to five weeks postpartum, I'm crying in the shower and Wade's like, babe, what do you need? Like, what can we do? And I'm like, I need to start singing again. And like, he'd always known that that was like a love of mine, but it was like a lost love of mine. And, um, so I did not want anyone to know it was for me, but it was around Christmas. And I said, why don't you just slap it on social media and say, does anyone know like a voice teacher in Orange County? Don't say it's for me. Say it's like for our nieces or something for Christmas. Like, I don't want people to be like, what Sandy sings? Like, I didn't know that about her. Like I was so scared of like fear of judgment, what people would think of me, all that stuff. Um, sharing your voice just feels so vulnerable. And so Wade put it up and I remember within like 15 minutes, Wade's like, whoa, babe, two different people said that you need to work with this girl named Brooke. I was like, okay, let's look at her. And I'm like looking at your profile. I'm like, oh my God, like this girl seems so aligned. Like, yes, let's do it. And I reached out to you and we got it set up and like that's kind of how it all began. And so it's really wired, wild. Like I love social media because it really does connect you with so many incredible people. But that's how you and I came to be. And I'm so grateful. Before we dive into what it was like for us to work together, I would love for listeners to know like who is Brooke? Tell us a little bit about you. <laughs> I'm, I'm here observing how this story wants to move through my voice today because mm, there's, so, there's many, so many different versions of your story too, right? Like, absolutely. Like, who are you? We are <laughs> these multidimensional human beings that have so many layers and so many different parts to our stories. And part of singing through your voice is embodying and integrating all the different parts of you and allowing each of them to have a voice and to be expressed and to take up space, space within your, your being. And I thought it was so beautiful and synchronistic that we're the fifth episode because the fifth chakra is your throat chakra and associated with sound and your voice and the element of space. And very quite literally, are we taking up space with our voice and our true voice um, our true voice that comes like that wells up from our heart that that I can feel right now that like that pulse that my heart's beating really fast and I'm feeling a little bit nervous and I kind of feel that little lump and that little that flutter in my throat and that I'm like hmm okay you're here thank you I'm alive <laughs> and all of that is just this sort of creative pulse and all of that fear or nervousness or insecurity or however that wants to come through for us in these in these moments is just to be transformed into creative energy and self-expression. So I, love I guess that is, thank you. I love you. <laughs> That's a little bit about, um, about my story it was just, just coming to a place of honoring all parts of myself and recognizing that all of my experiences and all of my connections, that all of my mistakes and struggles and challenges are actually, in fact, my greatest gift. And they were all meant to be transformed into something beautiful. And I think we all have our unique way of expressing ourselves in the world. And, and mine has always been through music, 
through music um, from as long as I can remember since I was 12 years old. I, I started just singing and sitting at the piano. Um, it was my safe place. It was the place where I could process all of my emotions and come home to what I was really feeling. And I don't even think I was, I don't think I even realized I was doing that at the time. Um, but I taught myself uh, how to sing and to read music, basic stuff on the piano and just started playing around there and just sitting at the piano. And then my parents got me a guitar for Christmas. Um, and I was yeah, 12, 12, 13. And I really started diving into my voice and not so much about what it sounded like. Of course, that's the most beautiful part when when you're a child is you're so just raw and vulnerable and pure that everything you do is just from a heart-centered place. And it's truly because you love it, like dancing, seeing all these forms of self-expression. And, and just a little tangent I always tell women I'm working with is to really go back to some of those memories in childhood, the ways that you felt most alive and most expressed and most seen and felt and heard. And what were you doing? Were you singing? Were you dancing? Were you drawing? Were you cooking? Like all of these different hobbies, like that's, that's so ingrained in your being. And that is still a part of you and who you are and what you're meant to share with this world. So I started singing and writing songs and I taught myself how to play the guitar. My dad played a little bit. My dad was a huge musical inspiration for me. He uh, is a multi-instrumentalist, played guitar. He was mostly a drummer, but he could do anything. Like, And he had this just, he came alive behind an instrument and would take, a, take me to Guitar Center. And that was like, that was our daddy daughter dates was like hanging out at guitar center. So he was a huge inspiration and sharing the love and passion for music. And uh, we would just sit and watch like Stevie Ray Vaughan and Jimi Hendrix videos and YouTube videos for hours and hours. So, so I became just obsessed, <laughs> obsessed with learning the guitar and playing mostly on YouTube and ultimateguitar.com. I never took a guitar lesson. Maybe maybe once I think I took one, but I was so just obsessive and impatient, honestly, that I really loved to teach myself. And there was almost this therapeutic process of an empowering process of like learning something myself. And um, that was the guitar. And very slowly it was songwriting. And I actually went through this um when I was going through puberty, my voice, I, I was always told that my voice was very high pitched and squeaky and annoying and <laughs> that it was really loud. And my parents were always like, shh, shh you know, I, I always had this presence of like wanting to be heard, wanting to be seen. I loved attention. I love to dance. And today I honor that part of myself today. I'm like, yes, I was a little girl that wanted attention. Of course. And for so many years, there was so much kind of shame and blockage around that. But after a lifetime of being told to go through puberty and actually my voice changed and became very low and raspy and I was very self-conscious about it. Um, so I sang through that and I remember the day that I listened to Nora Jones for the first time, which my mom played a lot of Nora Jones and she had such a unique beautiful soulful voice and I heard her and I thought wow 
I can have a unique voice. I don't have to sound like Beyonce. I don't have to sound like Celine Dion. I don't have to be this like huge expressive vocalist. Like I can have a soft, soulful voice. And that's really when I started connecting to my voice. And um, a lot of the songs that I wrote were about all of these, these pains and fears that I was experiencing in childhood that I, I could not process or share or even understand on an intellectual level in any way, but emotionally something was moving through me. And it's so wild to go back and, and hear some and see some of those songs that I wrote. Like I still have my journals from when I was 12, 13, 14, 15, writing songs about um, feeling safe, being outside in nature and feeling the awe and wonder of looking up at the stars. Um, I wrote a lot of songs about the moon and the stars. And actually one of my very first songs I ever, I ever put on Spotify is called Slip Into the Ether. And all of the essence around the throat is connected to the element of space and the ether and the stars and the moon and all that is above and beyond and unseen um, that also lives within us. So I thought that was also very synchronistic and I recognized, oh, maybe, maybe I'm onto something. Maybe this is, maybe this is a part of what I'm supposed to share, but it, a long time coming <laughs> until I actually felt comfortable sharing my voice. It was sort of my hidden, hidden secret, like yours, Sandy, your, your super powerful, beautiful voice that you keep to yourself because it's the most vulnerable part of who you are. And I think it was my only safe place. So I didn't really want to share it with anyone. Um, at that time in my life, 12, 13 was, as for most of us, is a super transformative time in our life internally, hormonally, going through puberty, but also whatever your family dynamic looked like. And for me, I was surrounded by chaos, addiction, uh, trauma, violence, and singing was the only way that I felt safe and could feel held by by something greater than me and I wrote a lot of songs about like if there if there's something greater than me then how do I connect with that like help me and a lot of um yeah there was a lot of darkness like moving through a lot of my music and for so long I was only motivated by depression to to use my voice it was only in a state of sadness that I could really sing and throughout my teenage years some of that started I would my music would only emerge when I was depressed um, and then I started really covering up all of those feelings and all of those experiences with uh, substances and by the time I was 19 I had um, at this point I had played um, and studied classical music in school. I played the flute and um, I was in cheerleading and I was very obsessive and um, hyper-focused on performance and these extracurricular activities and my productivity to determine my worth. And I was very caught up. It was also my, again, my safe place, right? To be out of the house, to just focus on playing music, to um, to perform, to get first chair in wind ensemble, to get into the, um, you know, Greater Dallas Youth Orchestra, to become high school cheerleading captain. Like all these things were sort of like 
oh, that was my, that was my savior. Like that was going to like, somehow, if I was just perfect enough, it was going to keep me safe and keep me um, away from pain and suffering. And it wasn't until um, I was 19 that all came to just like this welling sort of just tsunami over my life. And I could no longer just hold it all together. And I was um, abusing drugs and alcohol heavily. I was um, suicidal. I was depressed. I uh, was completely disconnected from music because I was in no sense connecting to my emotions. Because if I'm disconnected from my body, if I'm disconnected from my emotional experience, then I'm disconnected from from music, from self-expression, from any of these things um, that that really brought me back into who I really was. Uh, and I was, uh, I hated who I was. And um, there was a very pivotal moment when something so far beyond me, I, I can't ever say like, oh, I made the decision to get professional help. And I went to a treatment center. Um, but it really it didn't feel like a choice. <laughs> and I remember my first day there, the um, program director told me, welcome to cornered anonymous because I felt totally cornered. And I was like, there was no option, but, but truly there was something far, far beyond me um, as well as the support of the people that I had left in my life to, uh, to get help. And I was detoxing from heroin and meth and, I was bulimic and I was experiencing uh, chronic PTSD symptoms and um, I, my whole life transformed in that moment. That was like one of my first layers of like, boom, healing, like boom, coming home to who you really are. Like that was kind of one of the first op eye-opening experiences of my life. And, and, and that's when I picked back up music again I started playing again and I, time and time again, I come back to these periods in my life where I was reintroduced to music and where I surrendered to music and where I allowed myself to like come back home to music. So I thought it was so beautiful that when you connected with me, it was in that time of your life, Sandy, where you were experiencing this just like raw shedding of all the layers, like this huge trans transformation in your life, you know where to turn. And then there it is, there's music. So I ask like any listener to, to, to ask yourself, what is that thing for you? Like, what is that, that home that you always come home to that you always go back to when you're experiencing transformation and change and everything else is whirling around you? What is that one constant? And, and that was music for me. So that was like a big part of just how everything started for me. <laughs> love your story. I had chills when you were sharing the cornered anonymous thing and how to, <laughs> like, cause I just think, wow, if you didn't have that moment in your life, one, you might not be here. Right. Cause if you kept down that path of being a heroin and meth addict and surrounding yourself, maybe with the wrong crowd and like, who knows if you'd be here, right. Let alone a wife and mom and it's wild. And I certainly wouldn't know you and you wouldn't be here in this time and space. It's pretty wild. I'm such a believer that your mess becomes your message everything that we grow through is to sometimes in the moment, it doesn't make sense. But like when you look back years later, you're like, Oh my gosh, like all those things happened in that particular order or in that particular way. Or I met that certain person or had that certain opportunity or had that certain experience at that perfect time because it led me to where I am now. 
So mm. I love your story. Thank you for sharing it. I love how you always put into perspective, like zooming out and looking back at your life, like how you did. Sandy did this guided visualization in our women's circle here in Newport Beach, and she shared this process of like going back, meeting yourself five years ago, 10 years ago, five years ahead, your future self, your past self, and all these different layers of you. And it truly brings the clearest perspective back to your life. And you can always see how you've already been through so many difficult things that you can get through this difficult thing. And what got you through that difficult thing? And who were you in that moment? And what energy or what emotion is needed for you to emerge out of this one? And you continuously just evolve and learn from yourself and your past experiences. I love the event we did. And for anyone listening, we're going to continue to do more events. If you're here in Orange County, we're even Brooke and I thinking of coming together and doing like a women's retreat. Um, We're thinking maybe next spring of 2023 to just come together, which is a whole nother sidebar. Stay tuned for that. But okay. So transitioning then, is there anything else about your story? So bridging the gap, you were 19 at that time to where you are now. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So after the treatment center, what happened with your life? So It was the most beautiful and challenging time of my life when I was 19 because I'm growing up, I'm entering adulthood. And in another sense, I've been numbing, disassociating, escaping and disconnecting from myself for as long as I can remember until like since I was like 13. So from 13 to 19. So I had no sense of self, no sense of um, safety or groundedness. I had um, no connections with any of my family members at the time. And it was just like me out in the world. And I look back and I am so grateful to have had certain mentors and people that just supported me. I had people like scholarship, my sober living. I had people give um, partial scholarships for like me to stay in rehab longer and get extra support. And all these people just like started coming into my life and like unconditionally supporting that me and being present. My my sponsor in the 12 step program was one of them. And in, their, in my early days of my inner work, I I really thank the 12-step community and the treatment community for supporting me. And I got a job working at Starbucks, working the 4 a.m. shift. I would walk to work at 3.30 in the morning, or I would get a ride from the other girl that was opening with me. She was amazing. And she would always, um, for the most part, pick me up if we were working together. And I hustled. Like I worked there 40 hours a week. I was saving money. I was living in the sober living at the time. Uh, I was also in serious debt. Like I had um, legal issues. I had no car. I had no license. I had no savings account. I couldn't even get a bank account because I had committed check fraud. I I had like nothing. So I was like in negative, in very negative uh, financial sense. And I just hustled. And I worked at Starbucks for like two and a half years. And it was a big transformation when I chose to leave that place because it was my safe place for so long. And I had to be like, okay, no, you are ready for something more. And I was able to get promoted and I worked my way up to like a manager and all of that. And honestly, I, I go back to that part. Like that was the the best work experience I ever got. Like now as an entrepreneur working for myself as like a creative, I look back and that was my foundation. Like I learned more there than I did in my, in my career, like my corporate career. Um, 
again, transitioning. So from Starbucks, I got a job working in the mental health and addiction treatment field uh, after, of course, my personal experience and just wanting to like get in dive deeper there and um, support people and help people. Um, I started doing like sales, business development, marketing. And I had several different sort of like positions through that through until I was 26. Was I 25? 25. And by the time I was 25, I remember like sitting in an office job. I'd um, just uh, gotten out of a a long-term relationship. Uh, We were engaged to be married and uh, we broke up and, uh, but we were still kind of working together. We worked for the same company and everything was kind of intertwined. And I'm here at this company and I am just craving something more. I was like, there's more for me. Like I'm, I'm in this little box and I just felt like, I remember like being in my office feeling like I was like in this little box. Like, remember like those Russian dolls that when you like undo one, another layer comes undo it. Like, I felt like I was like in that little Russian doll. I was like, there's going to be more, there's more layers here that I'm supposed to kind of open up. And, uh, I went through this sort of, uh, I had gotten into a car accident and, um, it was sort of like my life just like waking me up, like, Hey, it's time to wake up. It's time to get real. It's time to slow down. Because at this point in my life, I was in a constant stress response. I was in fight or flight. My nervous system was completely unregulated. I was go, 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 hustle, 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 work, 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 do, 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 um, go from here to here. Like I had no time to just like think. And yoga was also a big part of my very early days. Um, when I, when I was 19, that was also a big part of my healing process. And, um, but I had it, I had an unhealthy relationship with it. It was like very exercise oriented. It was very like appearance oriented. It was very like, how do I get into this posture? How can I push my body to do these things for me instead of how can I support my body through these postures? And that continued until, I had a complete outer body experience in a breathwork class and I left my body. (laughs) I had immediate clarity over all these things I needed to do in my life. And it made no logical sense. Like I'm going to tell you like what, what my higher self was telling me was you're going to quit your job. You're going to go do a yoga teacher training in Bali and you're going to go and sell all your things and you're going to backpack across the world for an un- indefinite amount of time. And you're going to learn how to slow down and live in your body and not do and not perform and not try to be somebody and just be who you are. And so I got home and I opened my laptop and like a year earlier, I had talked to a yoga teacher about her training in Bali like a year ago I hadn't heard anything from her since then never not once I open my laptop ding she emails me right then hey we have one spot left in our teacher training next month do you want to come boom Chill sign me up all over my body right <laughs> so wow. I I'm not good at telling short forms of stories so I'm, I'm gonna yeah. whew, you know <laughs> okay and so I I listened to that call. I listened to that call of whatever intelligence was coming through me in that breathwork experience, which is now a a foundation of my teachings today. And um, I also grew up with like lifelong asthma and like not being able to breathe is like the most visceral fear of mine. And I grew up in the hospitals like 10 plus times a year, um, had many, many asthma attacks. um, And 
yeah, now I, I don't have any asthma. Like I don't have, that's not a, a problem. That's, you know, I never want to say anything's cured, but I, I've come full circle with, with that experience and it's been beautiful. So yeah, fast forward, I quit my job. I go do my teacher training in Bali. And I'm thinking like, we're going to the beach. We're going to like drink coconuts every day. We're going to like drive around on the motor scooters and just like meet, you know, Australian surfer guides and have the time of our life. And we get taken up this mountain in like Northeast Bali um, at the base of Mount Batakaru in a small village. And I see there's no cell reception. I see nobody besides the 12 girls and my teachers that we were doing the training with and the few people that lived at the at the land we were on, which was called Pranadui Resort, which is to this day one of the most magical, incredible lands I've ever been on. And I highly recommend everybody to go there. And it's not the Bali you think of. <laughs> it's not the Bali. It's up there northeast, out in the middle of nowhere. And it was incredible. And for 30 days, we stayed there and lived among the rice patties, ate very simple local food, same kinds of food every day, but it was actually really amazing. And uh, no cell reception, no Wi-Fi, none of that, none of that. And it was this total unlayering and coming home to myself by slowing down and being still and finding what emerges out of the silence. And I had a few injuries from a lifelong relationship of ignoring and pushing and disassociating from my body and also from the car accident. So um, I was in a very vulnerable, desperate state and that was another layer of, of uncovering. And after that training, I decided to not come home from my flight. I changed my flight and I ended up traveling through Bali for another, I think, month, month, six weeks. I can't remember. And it was incredible. It was like, I've never felt such ecstatic bliss and I have some of the most amazing memories of my life. I went home, I sold all of my things and I moved into a backpack and I went traveling uh, through Southeast Asia for one year. And that was the most profound journey of my life. It was the most incredible experience of my life to, again, return to stillness, return to my heart and my feelings. And I brought a little travel-sized guitar. And so I started writing music again. And this is really when I was kind of in this like logic doing go, go, go outward state for so many years, like since I was 19. And I kind of had that like, okay, wow, you got to grow up and be in the world and you know deal with your life. So um, I was able to, again, like finally for the first time, kind of rest my nervous system and come home to music. And so I started writing music again and I started really just meditating a lot um, after my breathwork experiences. I got like, fa I became fascinated with all these different styles of meditation. And I did like lots of different, just like trainings and workshops and certifications. And um, I met all sorts of people while I was traveling and just kind of like stayed in different places to learn from them. And I did a few like yoga trade opportunities where like I was teaching yoga in exchange for accommodation. And then um, towards the end, I was able to work at this really incredible uh, yoga retreat center um, on Gili Air, an island off the coast of Bali. Um, I highly recommend everybody to go there. And uh, the retreat center was called Flowers and Fire. And that's where I really got a lot of my teaching experience. And 
through there, I, I came back after a year and I integrated everything that I learned and um, I started my business. Like that's when I was like, okay, this is my life's work. Like I'm starting my business. And I had um, experienced this really incredible sound journey when I was in um, Gilear, on Gilear. And that man, Benny Holloway, who played his guitar and toned and sang told me through his music, go home <laughs> and, and dive into your music, go through this other inner journey. Now this, this deeper journey into my music. So I went home, I played music and I started sharing my music for the first time, truly for the first time I committed to sharing my music and I'm 20, 26 now at this point. And I also went through this whole sort of like feminine awakening and like coming home to like the sensuality of my body and being a woman. And um, so I was able to just express myself a little bit more like clearly and therapeutically. And um, I sort of integrated like all of these life experiences and these trainings as a trauma-informed yoga teacher and a Reiki master and uh, a musician to incorporate that into my holistic voice program, which is today my primary offering as well as, you know, still hosting breath work, women's circles, um, Reiki healings, different things. Um, but that's kind of how I got to where I am. Wow. I it's funny because I know parts of your story, but hearing it all strung together in order like that is like, oh my God, because I know you as you now. I can't envision like some of the parts of your story. I'm like, what? Like, I know you. I, I think of you as Brooke that I know now, you know? <laughs> There's something you said. I literally typed it so I wouldn't forget. I love that you said this. You said something about finding what emerges when you're in the silence. And I feel like that's so important for our listeners to really absorb because we are in a time of life and a place in the world where we just don't really allow for a lot of silence. Like, honestly, even if you're listening to this right now, you're tuning into a podcast, right? Like you're listening to outside things. And like, when was the last time you truly just sat in silence and did nothing and didn't like have an alarm going off or something to rush off to, or just like truly just were present here and now and just let thoughts come to you. And actually working with Brooke, um, like some of the breath work and stuff that we've done in our sessions has brought so much clarity to me and so much, um, like I have these like crazy cool visualizations and I'll like come out of that and then like, trying to be quiet the whole time. And then after I'm like, Oh my gosh, Brooke, I visualize this and this and this. And <laughs> it's just so wild how like when you really go inward and you focus on just breathing, like what comes to you. So I love all that. Thank you for sharing all that and giving background. Um, I would love to pivot to share a little bit about us working together and what that has been like. Obviously we're still on the journey together. Um, but, you know, my intention when when Wade first hired Brooke, he bought like, I think it was like a 10 package or something. And I'm thinking, okay, this will be therapeutic. This will be healing. I don't really know what to expect, but I was so freshly postpartum. I asked her if she would please come to my house. So we actually sat in this exact room. I'm like in our room where we post or uh, record Getting Magnetic. And we sat on pillows like knee to knee. And you basically like interviewed me in a way, but just like really trying to get to know me and peel back the layers of like 
why are we here today? Like, what do you want to get out of this? Like, what are your intentions? And I remember just crying to you and being like, I am, I want to like be able to use my voice again and connect with that part of me, but I don't even know where to start. And like, I felt so insecure even being in my house doing that with you. Like, what if Wade is downstairs and he can hear? Like, and now it's only been what, maybe like eight months since we've been working together. And I feel so much more confident now. And even just being able to talk about this openly, like this was like a secret that was like strapped to my chest. Like no one knew this part of Sandy. I'd love for you to walk through like, so now today, Brooke Wolf, you are a, you would define yourself as like a holistic voice coach in terms of like your professional career, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So what is it like? Like, what's your process? And I feel like with you, you must be different with every person. I feel like you must customize it to each person and what they need. But what's kind of your creative process when you're meeting with someone new, like your perspective, your mindset when you came in that day, like when you set up a you know 10 part series or whatever, working with someone, what's, what's your process? Like, what do you go through for someone listening that's intrigued? And that's like, Ooh, how could this help me? Like, can you share what, what you do with your clients? Absolutely. And you just sharing your experience about our first meeting just took me back to such a special time in my in my career and in your journey because I'm 30 weeks pregnant. Like I'm going through this whole transformation, like going through the birth portal and like I'm about to go through like the biggest experience of my life. And you just went through that. And like, it was just something so synchronistic and incredible to like, co-create such a beautiful experience together and the most powerful time in our life like there I that was just there's so much I could say about that that was so beautiful and for you to just show up like it just amazed me like your awe and your vulnerability and your strength like your strength wrapped in grace is something I just felt so privileged to work with like sitting with you talking with you the first the first layer, I guess, with any session is cultivating a sense of safety. Because when we feel safe, we can do anything. If we all truly feel safe and supported, our highest self can emerge from that effortlessly. There's nothing I need to do. There's nothing I have that I'm teaching you. I don't consider myself like a teacher, like I'm teaching anyone anything. Like a, a teacher is someone who just activates the the teacher in, inside of everybody else, right? I can only teach what I've experienced and what I've learned, right? And that other person is also in, in turn doing doing the same. And we're all just learning from each other. But I I would say cultivating a sense of safety um, and, and seeing what what arises from there. And getting getting to know that person's intentions and their goals. I always ask somebody like as as an entrepreneur, as a marketer, as a as a creative or as a, as a space holder, you always want to ask that person, what is your intention? Because that person's intention might be totally different than yours. Like you might assume somebody's intention, or you might think, you know, what somebody needs to get out of something, but really being able to direct somebody very clearly based on their specific goal. And I'm talking about internal goal. I'm not talking about like, oh, do you, you want to learn how to sing this song? Cool. But why do you want to learn how to sing that song? What does that really mean for you? You want to feel empowered in your voice? Do you want to come home to your creative self? Do you want to share this song with the world and connect with other people through music? Like that's the real thing. So I want to see what people really want. Like, what do you really want? 
And when we find that, that person is already also very connected and rooted into what they really want. And every song that we sing and every process that we go through is just sort of like nourishing that and watering that seed and letting that bloom within them. And my favorite practice to explore with clients is the flow state through through vocal flow and through rhythm and repetition. So playing a song on the guitar that moves in rhythm, that moves in repetition, and we both are in flow. It's something that we create in the moment. It all arises out of the moment. Like I'm not rehearsing. I'm not teaching you a song I know. We're both singing it together and we're both learning from each each other's voices. Like we did that first time and our voices were just harmonic and powerful and building upon each other through tones and through sound and then emerging and creating some lyrics from that. And then we sort of had this whole song and like, usually that doesn't really happen. Like in the very beginning, like when you're working with somebody, cause you're still like learning from each other and getting to know how we both sing and operate, but we just developed this song essentially. And so finding flow state through rhythm, repetition, cultivating a sense of safety and seeing what emerges emerges is, I guess, the foundation. I love that safety is your like first spot because it does, like you were saying earlier, your voice is like your most vulnerable part of you and sharing that. And, um, I remember in that session, that first one, like you just have such an angelic, beautiful voice and you're so talented at playing your guitar and everything. And it was just so fluid and organic. And I just remember my eyes, I think were closed, like the majority of it. Cause I was just so deep in it. It was almost like this like deep meditation, I just remember it feeling so healing and just having like warm tears literally like dumping out of my eyes because it was like this sound healing experience and being, I had not sang, like I didn't let that part out of me in a long time. And not even that I remember like what we were singing or anything, it was mostly just harmonizing and like, maybe you'd say like, breathe it in or something simple like that. And we would say it together and we'd layer it on top of each other. And it was so special to like do that together. And then in the few sessions after that, it's funny too, because I feel like Cameron was at such a, my daughter was at such a fragile time at that time, like not even like two months old where I didn't know what I was doing. And I'd be like, okay, I have to breastfeed. So I'd be like breastfeeding during our (laughs) (laughs) sessions. And I'm like, oh my gosh, here we go. This is happening Um, we're really getting to know each other (laughs) Um, now we totally get it because now I come to your house and Sophia your sweet baby girl oftentimes will join us for breastfeeding so it's kind of totally and and I kind of hear Sophie in the background like giggling out there and just "Ah," like and I'm like I wonder if that can go through this this podcast interview but I just thought that was so funny (laughs) (laughs) mom life totally fine so yeah so super healing and Um, Then you took a few months off in your postpartum journey. And then when we picked back up, yeah, it was when we pivoted and I started coming to your place instead. And one of our sessions, like we started evolving. Like I wasn't totally sure at first. At first I felt like I was coming you for like therapy, like digging into this part of me that's like something that I've buried for a long time. And actually what I'd love for listeners to hear, I feel like you explained this so well. Can you explain like the throat chakra and the root chakra and like kind of the connection there and why that is like, I don't know, great for someone. I mean, for anybody, but especially like postpartum, why that might make sense. 
Absolutely. A postpartum or for any woman that is connecting to her feminine body, <laughs> because our voice and our pelvic floor anatomically look nearly identical. And they're actually the jaw and the throat are the two joints connected in the embryo. So like your very first form as you're like seated in the womb, there you are, your two expressive and creative centers, your jaw and your pelvis. And in between that grows your spine. And so these are the first two energy centers that are connected. And that connection stays through your entire life. The nervous system also directly connects everything in your body, but specifically your throat and your pelvic floor. That's why imagine when you're moaning during sex, like, do you let it go? Like, do you let it out? Do you, do you tone when you give birth? Like for me, that's when I was like, okay, I'm fully embodying the, the pelvic floor and the jaw connection or your womb and your throat. Also those energy centers, I would say it's sort of like a, an identical sort of, not identical, but a synchronistic system. That's all kind of the circuitry that we're connecting into when we sing. But also the breath work, when you're breathing, when you're singing, like you're breathing into your low, deep belly, like all of your power from your voice is coming from the, the I call it like the warm cauldron of your breath that's in your belly. So everything's moving from that space. So singing is very grounding because if you're not connected to that low rooted, calm, grounding breath, then no sound is going to come through you or no sound that is your natural sound. So that's also a part of the connection. It goes so so much deeper on an, an anatomy level and such, but that would be like an energetic foundation. Yeah. I remember when we first started, you sent me an email with like a bunch of collateral and it had an image of what you're talking about, like of what the throat looks like and of what the, I don't know, pelvic floor or mm -hmm. something around the womb area yeah. like looks like. And they do look so similar and it makes so much sense. You were like, I think you were the one that told me like, well, think about it. Like, what are the two ways we like mainly communicate? Like we communicate sexually and we communicate through our voice. Mm -hmm. And so it makes sense. Like in the episode prior to this episode four was when I interviewed Annalise who did my pelvic floor work. And it just so happened. Like I started working with her like a week before I started working with yes. you. And it's just amazing how it started like layering together and realizing like, yeah, the pelvic floor work was incredible for like some of the physical stuff I was going through. But the voice, the holistic voice lessons that we were going through was so healing for me on like an emotional level. And like you were saying, just like unlayering and getting deeper. So I remember at one point um, after your maternity leave, being in a session with you at your home and we were kind of getting used to like working together again because we had taken a few months off and we're like harmonizing. And actually before we were harmonizing, we were doing this like really deep breath work and you had all your singing bowls and you were explaining to me how like this singing bowl activates this chakra, this activates this chakra. They were all for the different chakras. And I literally could feel like opening of like my whole body. And I was just receiving, I was in like open receiving mode. Like I was just like, whatever comes, comes. And then I'm breathing like super intentionally. And I remember like kind of feeling like I wasn't in my body anymore. I literally felt heartbeats in the tip of each of my fingers. Like I felt like, like a pulsing almost like almost an out-of-body experience. I, I came home and told Wade editor, he's like, babe, that's like what it feels like when you take mushrooms. <laughs> Wade's mushroom experience episode, that's a good one, um, which I haven't done myself. But he's like, babe, what you're explaining is like what it's like to like 
do that and have that experience. And I was like, well, it felt so good. And I felt like I had clarity and I felt like I wasn't judgmental of myself. Things were just very matter of fact. And kind of like how you were saying in your breathwork experience, how you were like, okay, I'm quitting my job. I'm, I think I need to go to Bali. I'm going to just like go do this part of my life and it's not going to make sense to anyone, but this is what I need to do. And I remember coming out of that and being like, Brooke, I just realized the reason you and I are working together is because I want to write a lullaby for my daughter. I want to write her a song. And I remember that happened like as a visualization in one of our breathwork sessions together. And then we transitioned from just meeting every week to, you know, just like harmonize and sing and just explore to more so like, okay, like we're still going to do those amazing things, but now we have more of an intention and it kind of unraveled like as time went on. And I remember thinking like, at that time, my daughter was probably, I don't know, four or five months old and thinking like, I want to have a, like a lullaby or something that I sing to her. And it doesn't mm. feel authentic to sing like twinkle, twinkle little star or like, I don't know, whatever songs, those are all great songs. But I was like, I want to have something for her. And then I was like, wow, I know Brooke. And she's literally like a songwriter. She has amazing music. She has an incredible voice. She literally has music on major platforms like Spotify. Like she's like saying at events and like done things like this is like her thing. Like she could help me do this. And so since then you and I have been doing that and we're almost done with the song. And it's been such a beautiful, really, really special, intimate, like journey. And I feel like it's been so, um, so much more than I ever would have expected with working with you. Like I didn't never thought it would turn into this, but like I now, at the time of this recording, let's see, this is early September. Like we're shooting to record the song, like in a recording studio in a couple of weeks. And I want to have it for my daughter. So she has it like long after I'm not here anymore. Like this legacy piece, this legacy creation, which I was telling this to my sister. She's like, pressure's on girl. You're going to have to write a song for all of your kids. I'm like, but yeah. And I want to release it like on her first birthday. And that just feels so, um, like purposeful. And it's, it's cool to think like a love that I had one of my first loves as a little girl singing has now come, you know, I'm almost 34 years old, like come full circle. And it's now something I can share with my daughter and you've helped me create that. That story and how you shared everything just evolving with our sessions and with music and using your voice is such a testament to when people come together in a parasympathetic state. And what I mean by that is in in the the space of your nervous system that says, hey, I'm safe. We can rest. Mm -hmm. We can digest. We can process. we We can rejuvenate. And when we both sink into that space together, a flow state of the creative pulse, what comes through for everyone, what that activates it within each other, because it was such a co-creative process. Yeah. And I think I told, who was I telling? Maybe it was Ignacio, my husband. I was telling him like, we're going to write a lullaby for, for Sandy. And I had just written my lullaby for Sophie. I haven't recorded it yet. Um, it's been, it's also something that I've been kind of just like sitting on, but it's in there, but like, it's got to be expressed at some point. And you've just activated that within me. And we kind of co-created this whole songwriting experience, which is truly the most therapeutic process. Like I love singing. I love singing cover songs. I love vocal toning and feeling the 
vibration of my own voice. Imagine like the singing bowl ringing through us and just using your voice on, on a physical level, somatic level, energetic level to, to heal yourself, but to also wrap language and words because every word carries its own specific vibrational frequency and to create a story around some of the most powerful emotions and experiences in your life. For me, that's the only way I ever have felt truly heard and seen and expressed. And I think deep down, we all just want to feel heard and seen. We all just want to belong. We all just want connection. And for me, songwriting is the the most deeply embodied form of that. And this lullaby is just blows me away. Like it is incredible. Like, I didn't even know that was possible to create. Like, I've never written a song with somebody before. Like, maybe casually with a friend, like, or whatever. But intentionally, like, I'm so excited to for you to share that with the world. Yes, and I'm so grateful for you because, like you said, holding that space, like, I feel safe with you to do that, you know? Like, there's not – like, you're, like, literally the only person I would feel safe with that with. Like, even Wade, I love him to death. I wouldn't know how to, like, even start approaching that with him because he doesn't get it. He's not – like, singing isn't, like, a thing for him. Like, but you get it. Like, it's, like, part of your soul and it's something that you've always loved. And so being able to connect with someone else that has that love and being able to mutually create something is just so special. So I'm eternally grateful for you. And obviously, we've become, like, dear friends in the process and we just connect on, like – motherhood and life things and we just like get each other and it's just been so special and it's crazy to think I literally I'm trying to think a year yeah a year ago I didn't know you that's crazy and now we're like we talk all the time and I think even (laughs) our women's circle we did a few weeks ago was something in one of our breath work um sessions I think when we came out of it one of us or both of us we were like building on it we're like we needed let's do something like let's have an event together And I had so much imposter syndrome of like, wait, people are going to pay to come to an event where we do like visualization and meditation and you'll do Reiki and we'll have live music. And I was like, why would they pay to come? Like, I get it for Brooke because she's like a professional and she like does stuff like this, but why would they come to be a part of anything that I do? And I had all this like scared emotions and it was so funny story time. Um, at the actual night, (laughs) (laughs) this like special studio um in this beautiful neighborhood in Newport Beach and everyone's in there we had sold sold out the event we I think we opened like 22 spots and they all sold out and all 22 women are in there we're about to get started and then this woman like charged up to the door and I like kind of look over I'm like hi are you here for the women's circle and she's like no I'm here for Zumba and we're like Zumba (laughs) what's that and she's like um, every Thursday night, I reserve this room and me and Brooke look at each other and we were like, okay, um, you could tell this woman was like not going to budge. And so we were like, well, us and these 22 women will easily pivot. So you and your one guest can go do Zumba in this room. And we got everyone. We were like, guys, change of plans. We're going to pivot to the grass. And we went outside and we did our women's circle in the grass under the moon and the stars. And it ended up being perfect. But I will always remember that being our first like... <laughs> event together just like anxiousness going into it I was like oh my god it was such a lesson for me because I want to say like all of these practices of like going flow state and mindfulness and 
you know, following the path of least resistance and just like surrendering to like the soul expression of your heart and all these things, like they don't con- like, it's not natural for me. Like these are all like developed practices that I yeah. do think it is a natural part of our being, but there's so much conditioning and layering on top of that, that, per- that sometimes just sort of fogs my vision for like who I really am and what my natural state really is. So yeah, I do believe it is, it is our natural state of like, flow and rhythm and softness and, and all of these things. But like on the outside in my day to day, like I have to do a lot of work to connect to that part of myself because I can be controlling. Like I can be, I have something in mind. I have my place I'm going and that's where I'm going. That's what I'm doing. And we're on our way and nothing can stop me from there. Like I'm not the most flexible person in in certain situations like that. And it was such a lesson for me to be like, hey, we're going with the flow. Like we're just going to pivot. And I, I faced, I faced that resistance. And if there's anything, I guess I'm kind of just sharing around that is like, notice how much resistance shows up in your life. Like notice the physical and somatic experience of resistance in your body. Do you, like, does your heart stop pounding? Do you get that lump in your throat? Do your shoulders tense up? Does your belly start to ache and hurt? Do you get flushed? Do you get heated? Like that's literally in your nervous system's response. That's like, you're addicted to your own stress and cortisol hormones. So that response is going to come up more often. You're going to get more triggered more easily because it almost becomes a state of equilibrium that to like break free from that loop and break that habit and develop a new habit and come to a new rhythm and sense of like safety and flow and, and ease. Yeah. It takes so much work, but when we do it, it's like, Oh, ha, huh, here I am. Here I am. It's, and it's like a mindful, it's funny because when that happened, just that example, I was like, wow, me five years ago would have been like my nature is to be like defensive. So would have been like, mm. no, there's more of us. You guys can do it somewhere else. Like I would have like kind of pushed back against the lady and been like, not go with the flow. Like very like, I have to win. I'm the last man standing. I'm going to win type of like, mm. competitive mentality. Like, totally. My nature. And I was like, okay, we're literally here to teach a two hour, like <laughs> mindfulness, like go inward breath work, Reiki, like have everyone leave feeling like a better person we were about to set the tone. So we were like, okay, we'll pivot. And then you and I pull into the bathroom and we like look at each other and we're like, we fucking got this. Let's do this. It's fine. It's fine. And then we're like, super calm going through and we're like, okay, everyone, if you want to pick up your pillows and blankets, we're actually going to pivot to a better location. And you and I are looking at each other like, oh my God, I'm going to take a shit. I'm so scared. <laughs> we just rolled with it. We're like, it's good. It's good. Those are humbling we moments. Did it, girl. Yeah. I'm so glad I, I I'm so glad that experience was with you because if it was just me, I don't know if I could have handled it as gracefully. And you did such an incredible job of like, hey Brooke, we're just gonna reset, we're gonna pivot, like let's do it. Yeah. You use you even use the word pivot and it like activated something with me. I was like, oh pivot. Okay, I know that. I know what to do when we do that. Like that's not in my vocabulary, but I get what we're saying. I get what we're doing. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, I am so thankful for you, Brooke. I love you so much. I want everyone listening to know it doesn't matter what corner of the world you live in. If this resonated with you, if you want to activate your voice and you want to work with Brooke, she can do virtual, right? You can do virtual lessons with people, like one-on-one stuff, right? 
Yes, my holistic voice program is all set up through Zoom with my home studio here and high quality audio and production with all of my instruments, my piano, my guitar, my singing bowls, shakers, shamanic drums, your voice. (laughs) Amazing. So you don't have to be here in Orange County to benefit from working with Brooke, but what else do you have to offer, Brooke? Don't you also have an activation course? Can you tell a little bit about that? I do. I have an online vocal activation course that you can start at any time. It's all pre-recorded. It's completely online with videos. You have full access to the vocal activation library with 20, 30 exercises that you can just like plug in your AirPods or like listen to on your speaker in the morning when you're just like walking around your house. So that's really great because there's an element of like education. There's a lot of written content content when you want to if you want to get connected to like the somatics of your voice and um, some some more of like really integrating the spirit and science of sound and the ways that we use our voice uh, with the videos. And then also to like really embody it in your day-to-day life because we can do so much like learning, right? We can do so much of our thinking mind of like perceiving through our brain, like top-down processing, but to really experiencing something top or bottom up, like body based first. And that's how we really integrate. That's how we really experience and change our behaviors in our life. So staying connected to your body is really the ultimate intention that I have with that online vocal activation course. Anything else on your heart you want any listener to hear? Like you shared a lot, obviously, about your journey and it was so amazing. And by the way, I feel like you're so brave, like just everything you've been through, even like, you know, transitioning into entrepreneurship, like this a lot of our listeners are entrepreneurs or they want to be entrepreneurs. Like it's a really scary thing to pivot from something stable. Like you had your nine to five, you were working in the, um, you know, recovery centers and you had a stable thing going and you literally were like, I'm going to walk away and go pursue yoga in Bali. Like that takes freaking balls to do that. Mm. You did it. Thank so you. I'm just like, wow, you're so brave. Um, I know you inspired a lot of people that listen to this today. So thank you. Yeah. And I, I guess my only observation about that whole experience and what I experience in a lot of the people I work with, because almost everybody is in a place of transition in their life and our work in my program serves sort of as like that catalyst and support during those transitions, I find. And I, and side note, I, I have my holistic voice program, but I also have my inner work program for people that aren't looking to activate and to heal subconscious blockages through their voice necessarily, or through their singing voice or music, but also through just like the process of inner work and building spiritual psychological awareness through other body-based practices and um, non-dogma mindfulness meditation and other sorts of healing modalities. So so there is an opportunity for uh, to connect with people, even if it's not through music specifically. But my observation for from my own experience when we're going through these periods of transition is even to make all of those changes sometimes requires or sometimes there's this energy of force, of pushing, of creating it out of nothing. But instead, because I find myself and trying to invite in that creative pulse that just like moves things through, right? That like, oh, I just want all my life to change. I had noticed all these areas of my life that I want to just transition, that I want to for something to be different in, right? 
like, oh, I want to quit this. Oh, I want to start this. And, and there can be like this sort of forceful energy sometimes. And I really invite myself often and the women I work with to really come home to just presence, being present enough to notice the synchronicities, being present enough to notice the openings in your life for the creative pulse, for new ideas and creative ways of changing or living your life in general to come through. Just noticing the spaces that that are already present right here in this moment, because there's nothing you need right here out of this moment. Everything is here. And it's only going in and through the moment that we can really truly embody the person that we're supposed to be in this lifetime. I'm so grateful for you. I always love Wednesdays because Wednesdays is when we meet up and we sing and we create and we just, I always feel so much better after I'm with you. Like I realize I must be stressed a lot because I always come to you and then I leave a million times better. I'm like, man, I feel like a different person after that experience. I feel so honored to work with you and to be a part of the peace in your life. It's such a gift. I'm learning part of my postpartum series and for any mamas listening or any women listening or anybody listening, send this to somebody that needs to hear this. Like this could very well change someone's life the way it's changed mine. So, um, Brooke in final, like wrapping this up, how can people find you? How can people stay in touch with you? Instagram, Spotify, website, Brooke Wolf, B-R-O-O-K-E-W-O-L-F-E for Instagram underscore at the end. And all my links are in my bio and I have music on Spotify and all streaming platforms. So thank you for being you. And I love you. I love you so much. Thank you, Sandy. Only those that can see the invisible can do the impossible. So remember, you are magnetic.